so All right. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. To God be the glory. Amen. Amen. Um, oh, Sunday it was an absolutely wonderful, wonderful service. The message that we received from Acts chapter 17 from the Lord about Paul. Greece. Yes, in Greece. And in particular in, in Athens. Our book that we're into tonight, Paul is actually writing to the church in Corinth, which is part of Greece. But what I wanted to show you today was a little bit of uh, illustration about what Paul was facing when he walked into the city of Athens. Okay? And what you see there is the Temple of Zeus right there. And and Zeus was their high god. Yeah. And down below this is a 500 foot marble rock in which they built this temple on top of. And down below it is called the Areopagus where Paul actually did a sermon at. And that was at the temple of uh, Ares, which is supposed to be Zeus's son, the god of war. Are we looking at that down below part? Is that that? Yeah, where those people are standing? Right there? Right there? Yes. Okay. Where at? That, 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 no, down below would have been the area. Go to the next slide, Emma. This is what that stone looked like that Paul found the inscription on saying to the unknown God. Because one of the things, the two groups of philosophers that he encountered in Athens, the Epicureans and his thoughts, the Epicureans didn't believe that man was created. It believed, they believed that we evolved from Adam. Atoms, A-T-O-M-S, atoms, the smallest molecule. <laughs> and that uh, those atoms were have always existed. And, and the Epicureans did believe that, as I stated, that gods exist, but they had no influence over men. And that they live, the hard part for them living was pleasure. Okay? And they really believe in ecstatics. I mean, everything had to look the very best. And probably all the structures in the world, Greece probably had the more beautified ones, if that make any sense to you. And um, go to the next one, Emma. I don't have very many, just kind of want to get... This is current. If you look there's almost similarities in the um, design of the structure. This is Greece, though. I am, I know, but it looks like too. And with the rock formation in the background, and it looked like probably they could have had a temple on top of it. I can't really make it out. Oh, you're talking about the mountain back there. Yeah, mm -hmm. the mountain in the back. Yeah. This is current. Could be something. But they're still all part of Greece now. 
It is not too far of a distance between Corinth and Athens. They were both metropolis, huge cities. And Athens, of course, was just... I wouldn't be surprised if Athens wasn't larger than Rome. Okay, I think it's one more slide, Emma. So the whole Greece layout, as you see there, is... Um, I think the boundaries are probably somewhat skewed, so it's kind of hard to tell with modern-day boundaries. But remember Paul went to Thessalonica, which is over in the northern part? Then as he would have come on down, he would have came on down to Philippi, which would have been somewhere up in here would have been Philippi. Over to your right would have been Asia, where it says Turkey right there. Can y'all see that? Yeah. That, were, that is where the Holy Spirit had forbidden Paul to go. And then he had a, he seen the vision of the man that told him to come over to Macedonia. And from there, he came on down. And then he went to Athens and then on to current. So, um, whoo, it is. But that, they're still standing, those buildings today, modern building. And our yes. Emma, is there one more? Let's see, I don't know, do we have one more? Yes, this is, this is current, one of the temples. Uh, this is where Paul did his preaching from in current. It looks like the same picture, different angles. Yeah. Better. Mm hmm. This picture is better. So he would stand amongst those pillars? Yeah, and talk to the people. Remember now, this is a metropolis, so it's busy. Is this a, was this a temple of gods or was this. A, yeah, this is a temple of folks. Stand in their temple? Yeah, yeah, he was probably, I don't know if he was standing in the temple or in the courtyard of it. And give the gospel. And so is she sitting by herself? Oh my lord! <laughs> the baby was sitting up by herself. <laughs> anyway, all right. Next one. I think we got. That's it, right? I didn't copy the writing, did I? That's all right. Yeah, go ahead and exit out. And please get rid of those pictures. <laughs> okay. So, it's important for us to understand what the Bible is telling us. It's important because unless you know what God had these men up against, what God sent these men into and understanding the power of Jesus Christ and the power of God and the power of his word and the power of the Holy Spirit you have to understand the geographics you have to understand the makeup of the people and their states of minds what, what was going on and 
Why were these people worshiping false gods in the first place? They didn't know about it. Because they didn't know about the one true God. And certainly that he had a son whom he raised from the dead. <laughs> and I can see why they struggled with that. Because they had never seen any of their gods alive. Mm. Because they, they don't exist. They're an imagination. They're, they're figures of men's imaginations. But Jesus does exist. And notice I didn't say did exist. Does exist. Amen. Okay. Amen. He's still alive. Okay. Emma, I want you to go. I just want to wrap to you all a moment before we go to the Lord in prayer. Emma, in King James Version right there, I want you to go to uh, Isaiah chapter 65. Up, 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 up. There you go. On up, Isaiah. One more. Down, 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 where the blue is. You had it on it. Go up, up, flow right there. No. Uh, 65, Isaiah 65. Try to bite that little window off. Down, down, right there. Try to bite that. Up there. Okay. Bring it on down to 65. Okay. Verse 1. Yes. Here's what I want you to know. A prophecy was being fulfilled when Paul went to every one of these foreign nations. Every one of these foreigners that received the gospel was a fulfillment of Isaiah 65.1. Here's what it says. I am salt of them that ask not for me. I am found of them that salt me not. I'd rather have that on another version, but that's okay. I said, behold, behold me, behold me unto a nation that was not called by my name. Put that in the uh, New King James Version. No, 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 no. Please don't touch any of those. Go right back where you were. See where it said KJV? Oh. Click on that and come down and find NKG. There you go. So here... It says, I was sought by those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. I said, here I am, here I am to a nation that was not called by my name. What does that mean? They didn't know him, but he said, I took myself to them. And as they heard the gospel, they cried out to him and he said, here I am. Here I am. Okay? That's pretty powerful. That's why Jesus Christ, by the Holy Spirit, sent Paul not to Asia, but to Macedonia, and on down into Greece. There was a reason for it. These people didn't know the God of Israel. They needed to know the one true God. Ezekiel chapter 18. Ezekiel chapter 18. It's about three books down. I can't see. There it is. Go up, go up, 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 up. It's below Lamentations. Oh, right here. Chapter 18. Chapter 18. We'll look at verse 4. I shared this with Shirley earlier. 
This is for all people who think that their race is superior. But God loves everybody. Amen. Okay. Verse 4. Behold, all souls are mine. The soul of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. The soul who sins shall surely die. This is God talking to the prophet Ezekiel. All souls belong to God. Therefore, all lives matter. Amen. The soul of the Father as well as the soul of the sons, God says, are mine. Belong to him. Okay? And people need to know this. People need to know when Jesus Christ went to the cross, he wasn't thinking about color. He created everyone. <laughs> you bet you. And that's why he told Nicodemus. He said, for God so loved the world. He didn't say black lives or white lives or Jewish lives or anything like that. He said, for God so loved the world. And as you look that up, that word world, cosmos, it means inhabited world. He's talking about people. God loves people because he created us. And every last one of us was created in the image of God and the likeness of God, the scripture tells us in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. It doesn't get any better than that. And so today, I know there are things. Miss Vicky going to pray for the building. She got to. Because it's, it's on her heart. It's on her heart. It's on her heart. It's on her heart. And uh, we need to pray for all lives matter, Miss Marie. Yes, and we should go to the police department and pray for them that they are safe. And we will do that. Let's do that. Let's see what day we want to do that. We'll talk about it after this prayer meeting. Um, Deep. Pray. Pray honestly for the church. Pray honestly that the church will side with Jesus and not with man. Pray honestly that men and women and boys and girls who proclaim the name of Christ will live for him and will stand on the very words of God in Christ. It's time out for us compromising who we are. We don't need to be ashamed of who we are. We need to stand up for what's right, and we need to call it wrong, call wrong, wrong, and right, right, and we need to call sin, sin, regardless of what the consequences are going to be from the world to us. We need to stand up as people of God, uncompromisingly with the world. And we don't need to turn our backs because somebody threatened us with lawsuits or whatever the case may be. We need to stand for righteousness. And we need to stop looking like the world 
and running like the world as cowards and hiding behind certain things. We need to be vocal. We need to be seen. In other words, we need to be visible. And we need to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we need to do. Amen. We need to stop all this being weak. Jesus Christ did not birth a weak kingdom. The kingdom of God is not weak. Amen. So we need to stop acting like it. Because we are his offsprings. We are his warriors, his children. So pray for that, that the church will stand for righteousness. And we're holy people. That means we got to stop looking like the world. Stop dressing like them. And as Linda told the boys the other day, you say you love Jesus and listen to that kind of music? And you brought that mess in my house? Oh, no. It's time to clean it up. What does Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 tells us? Paul said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy unto God, which is your reasonable worship. Romans 12, 1. That means, Miss Marie, our little girls, whether they're teenagers or younger or women, got to stop walking around with their cheeks hanging out. And their shorts, put on some clothes. And stop wearing stuff so tight that everybody see everything that there is. Because God's children, whether you're a girl or boy or man or woman, supposed to be presenting their bodies as holy. Got to start doing it. God is holy. And he's tired of his church, his children. Jesus Christ did not die on the cross for us to continue to live like the world. We must be different. I'm telling you that right now. And then verse 2, he says, And do not be conformed to this world. Get out of this world mode of thinking. And this world mode of behavior. Get into the behavior of Jesus Christ. As it says in Hebrews chapter 4, Jesus was tempted in every way, yet without sin. He would not allow this world to change who he was and is. He refused to. When he came up against the religious leaders of Israel with their pressures, he told them, he said, if I deny that God is my father, I will be a liar just like you. And he would not back down. Even when they threatened him and tried to stone him many times, he would not deny his father. Neither would he deny who he is. So why should we? Why should we? Why should we shut up at ball games and movie theaters and restaurants and schools and hospitals and factories and hair salons and wherever else we go? Why should we be quiet? about who we are. Muslims can come over here and bow down and do everything they want. Universities give them a time to even go and worship. You let a Christian do that to get Mark Tardy for being for class or skipping school. 
right is right. We're not asking to be different in that respect. We're asking for equal rights. Give us the same rights you give them. Okay? Because what is right is right. God would judge them for their belief or lack thereof in him and his son Jesus. But you don't give one group more privileges than you do the other one. Okay? I'm just pointing. I'm not pointing at them. And so it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. What does that mean? It it comes from the Greek word where we get our English word metamorphosis. Well, you're aware of that. And everybody knows, I think you do, what metamorphosis is. Look at a butterfly. It first is a what? Worm. Worm, a caterpillar. And then it goes into a cocoon. It makes a cocoon. Goes in there and does what? It is transforming. It goes through a metamorphosis. It is transforming from one image to what? To another. So it goes from a crawly, creepy thing to a beautiful creature with all kind of colors on his wings. That people look and go, ooh, look at that. Isn't that pretty? And they even have butterfly aquariums now. And so the idea, as Paul was writing to the Roman church, was stop looking like the Romans. Okay? You're not one of them. Even though you're from Rome, you're not the old Romans as you used to be. Now it's time to go from being children of darkness to children of light. Now it's time to stop thinking the old ways that you used to think to start thinking like you are a new child of God. And you got a new place to live now. As he would say in in the book of Philippians, he says, look, you're citizens of heaven now. Start acting like citizens of heaven on earth. Did you know Abraham did that? Father Abraham lived on earth as if he was living in heaven in the presence of God. Because he often had his eyes fixed on, as the word of God said, he looked for that city that was not made with human hands. What does that mean? He was heavenly minded all the time. And that's what we have to be. That's why Paul told the Colossian church, he says, since you have been been raised with Christ, since you have been saved, okay, fix your eyes on things above where Christ is seated at. What is he telling you to do? He's telling you and I to be heavenly minded. That's what he's saying, uh, Jasmine. Don't think like the rest of the world. Okay, and right now we're in a dark age, a dark stage in our in our country. Uh, if you fix your eyes on all the evil that's going on right now, can you see the light of Jesus Christ? All you're going to be looking at is the gloom and doom rather than looking at the grace and mercies of God that God brought to us by his son, Jesus, the light of the world. Yeah, I look at it and I, I, I'm angry by some of the things that I, that I see. But doggone it, I cannot be controlled by those things. And I sure will not allow those things to stop me from loving my fellow man with the love that Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, loves me with. And I cannot stop telling people that Jesus loves you. I, I, I can't. And so... 
Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That Greek word there for renewing means that you have got to take on a new nature. You have got to take on a new mode of thinking. You now got to retrain your mind. You got to get the filth out and the new in. What's the new? The word of God. Amen. Okay. You got a lot of word, as it says in Ephesians chapter 5, the washing of the word has got to wash out all the filth that's up here, that old way of thinking, and allow the word of God to bring in the new, the new way of thinking. What's, what's that? Thinking like Christ Jesus. Okay? That's why at the end of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, then verse 16, Paul said, and we have the mind of Christ. When God has given us everything we need by the Holy Spirit, somebody can turn those lights back on too, has given us everything we need by the Holy Spirit to think like Christ and to be like Christ, to walk like Christ, to love like Christ, to behave like Christ, everything, all in Christ is one package. That's why you see people talk about this great little ignomatic thing called the gift of the Spirit. But what is that? Love, joy, peace. What's some of the others? Patience, Patience kindness, goodness. Yes, and self-control. Yes. Paul said of these things, of such things, there is no law against them. There is no law against them. So when the Spirit of Christ enters you, those gifts, those fruit, that not fruits, the fruit of the Spirit is automatically in every believer. So if you're truly saved, you have the fruit of the Spirit in you. Okay? And so that's why you see people like Paul, John, Peter, as rugged as Peter was, who, who, who fought on the night in which the Lord was betrayed, on the day of Pentecost, got up and preached the gospel and 3,000 got saved. Mm -hmm. That was a big difference in the man, wasn't it? When the Spirit of God entered him on the day of Pentecost, it changed his nature. So I'm hard-pressed to believe that people are truly saved and yet still have the same behaviors. And the Holy Spirit don't knock on the door of your heart and tell you, repent, repent, repent. Get right. God is holy. God is holy. God is holy. Get right with the Lord. Get right. And so, <laughs> here we are. I do want you to pray. But that had to be said. That had to be said. Because there are millions of people out there right now looking for an excuse to hurt somebody. And a lot of them go to church on Sunday morning and they'll sit in the pew and they'll be holier than thou. And then back on the streets again, propagating evil and hatred, the rhetoric that appears to be harmless, when in fact it's the very divisive. And it's not from God. You want people to change? You change. Mr. and Mrs. Church member. You want 
police officers to do what's right, then you become a police officer as a Christian man and woman, and you show what it's like to be holy in a uniform. Same thing as if you're a doctor or a lawyer. You want this community to change, then you change. You be the one that Jesus used to bring about change. And then you can witness the gospel to people and say, listen, I'm this way because of Jesus. And with the love of Jesus in me, I cannot mistreat my fellow man. Quick testimony, and then Clinton's going to start us in prayer. I was a duty officer in Germany on a Friday night. I was a pastor. We had Friday night service, what we call joy night. I'm wearing a suit, and my beeper goes off because I'm on call that night. Look at it. Oh, man. So I got to run in. My gun and stuff is out in the car because I carried a 45. Even as a dude officer in civilian clothes, we still was allowed if I had to respond. I had to go right then. I was a dude officer. And so I get there and I said, okay, you got him. I'll meet you at the MP station. They take this white soldier out of the military police van, he's in handcuffs. I walk up and identify myself. The first thing he does is spit in my face and call me the N-word. And before I can realize, he had kicked me. And my MPs, who, by the way, that shift just happened to be all white, pull out their nightsticks. You all call them Billy Cubs. And they were ready to work him over. And I said, oh, no, 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 hold, stop. I say, do him no harm. He didn't hurt me. Swore he got my new suit dirty. Spit in my face. I mean, did I have every right to let them MPs work him over? Yeah. Yeah. Because he assaulted the military police. But in God's eyes, did I have a right to? No. No. I said, just put it in your report. He now has another charge. Last time I seen that young man, you know where he was headed? Church. I would love to say church, but unfortunately, I can't say that. He was headed to Fort Leavenworth for four years. Kansas? Yep. To the military prison there. So he was charged for that assault on me. You don't have to hurt people and you don't have to show them how bad you are because you can. But he couldn't understand why I did not, when he got sober, why I did not allow those MPs to whip his butt. <laughs> what would that have done to my testimony as a man of God, especially as a pastor of a church? 
our MPs to just whip this man down to nothing. What would I have done to my testimony of Jesus Christ? Yeah. People really would have questioned, wouldn't they? Now don't get me wrong. I, there's a time and place when you have to use force on people. I understand that. But the love of Jesus is more powerful. Okay. Clinton? That's Father, fine. we come to you today to uh, to praise you and worship you. But we also come to you in prayer to pray for your church, pray for them to stand up for you, um, pray for them, pray for you to give us the strength to do the things we need to do, um, to to tell more people about you, to just better spread your word. Um, and for you to help us gain more knowledge so we can show everybody how we should be living and how they should be living. In Jesus' name. We are a church looking for a place to grow. And you know that our heart and you know our needs. We found a building here in High Springs. It seems like just perfect fit for us. Circumstances seem to be well. But this is your will for us, Father. Open up the heavens yes. and bring in the money from the people Touch each person's heart and let them gladly give so that they may be blessed also. And just work this out, Father, for us. Bring, we call in the people from the north and the south and the east and the west to come and worship with us. They need you. Yes, Lord. Bring them in, Father. Equip us to be ready for them. Equip us to be to set this church up as you would have it. Let us always be looking to you for guidance. Always. Even when things seem to be going just right, let us always be asking for your guidance first. In Jesus' name. Jasmine, anything you want to pray for, sweetie? Go ahead. shelter, home, and love to everyone that we may know and all the strangers that we pass on the street and people who need you in their hearts, Lord. Um, I pray that everyone can see your light and see the joy that you bring me and so many others. And I 
pray that you can share yourself and we can help share you to the world, Lord, because you are what this world needs. In Jesus' name. Yes, Mary. Lord, I would like to have this world change into a loving world that we used to have. I would like to have prayer back into our schools. If you notice, Lord, the minute they took prayer out of the schools, the whole country fell apart. This was a great country at one time, and we need prayer back. We need people to change and love one another instead of fighting all the time. We just need to protect our police departments that help us every time. Who do we call when we're in trouble? The police. Who else do we call? The ambulance. We have to protect those people. And I want the world to change back to when I was growing up. I hope it does change someday because I'll tell you, it's a terrible world out there. There's too much violence. I don't like violence. And I, we see it every day now. Lord, please be with all the people in the world and stop the violence. In Jesus' name, amen. Shelly? Okay. All right. Emma? Anything? Mm -hmm. Pastor Cow. Father God, I come to you now, Father, as humble as I know how. Father God, just to tell you, thank you, God, for your love, your mercy, and your grace, Father, that you show us day in and day out, God. Lord God, we don't deserve your love, God. We don't deserve your grace, God. But God, you're so good, Father, and you bless us in spite of God. Father God, we know, Father, that there is evil all around us, God. But Father, we know, Heavenly Father, that your Holy Spirit, Father, is here with us right now, God. Yes, Lord. Lord God, continue to show your glory, Heavenly Father, to your children on this day, God. Father God, the enemy already know, Father, that he is fighting a losing battle, God. So, Father God, reassure your people on this day, Lord God, that you are still in control, God. And Father God, I pray in the name of Jesus, Father, that you continue to bless this church, God. Lord God, bless them with everything that they need, Heavenly Father. To continue, Heavenly Father, to show your glory to everyone, Heavenly Father, who passes by, God. Lord God, those who are saved and unsaved, God, let those who are unsaved see the Jesus in them, God. 
And Father God, I bless, I, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you bless them, Heavenly Father, with the facility, God, that they need and that they are looking for right now, God. Do it now, God. You are able to do all things, Heavenly Father. And God, I know that you are able to do this thing, Father God, that we're praying for, God. And Father God, bless each and every home that is represented here on this night, God. Bless their heart, bless their minds, and bless their souls, Lord God. And Father God, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you continue to bless the man, Heavenly Father, that you have called to shepherd this flock, God. Bless him in a mighty big way and bless his family, God. I thank you now, God. And Father God, I ask these and all blessings in your loving Son, Jesus' name. Father, thank you for the glory of your Son, Jesus. Jesus, you are the center of life for your life itself. And Lord, it is you who birthed the church. And my prayer is now, Lord, by the Holy Spirit, that pastors now will look up to heaven and see the glory of God and glorify your name, Father, and glorify your son, Jesus, and bring the congregations back together and bring these communities together in Christ Jesus. This is a time now for us not to focus on ourselves, but to focus on you, Lord. We need your glory more than ever. We need your presence with us. We need a mighty outpouring of your spirit upon us, Lord. And so that the world will see that you are with us, Jesus, and that we belong to you. And we're asking, Lord, that let there be another day of Pentecost. We're not asking for a duplication, Lord. We're asking for the mighty movement of your spirit upon all flesh. That men and women and boys and girls at the hearing of your gospel will cry out, what must I do to be saved? And Lord, we will tell them to believe in Jesus, the son of the living God. Place your trust in him and come to him for the forgiveness of your sins. And he will blot out your name from the day of judgment and write your name in his book of life. Lord, we love you and we praise you. And we're asking that Holy Spirit, do a work in us right now. Move according to your spirit upon us, Lord. Move right now in our communities, in our homes, in the highways and byways. Lord, let your presence be known. Let people know that God is in America and that Jesus Christ is Lord over all the earth. And we're asking you, Lord Jesus, have your way now. Have your way, Lord, beginning in Israel. We need you back in Israel, Jesus. We need your name known among the Jews. We need the Jews to believe once again in your holy name. Just as Paul them did, Lord. We need a mighty outpouring of your spirit in Jerusalem so that the heathens will know, Lord, that Jerusalem belongs to you. It's your holy city. And so, Father, have your way with the nations. Let the nations come forth and praise you because you're worthy, God. Have your way, Jesus. You are the light of the world. Shine your light ever so brightly among us, Lord, so that men, women, and boys and girls can look upon your face, look upon your glory, and glorify your holy name. Now, Lord, for the word in which we're about to receive, as you had your servant Paul write this letter 
to your church in Kern. Speak to us by your spirit of those things in which you want us to know. Have mercy now, O God, and teach us, for your children are listening, what the Spirit has to say to the church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, it's good to have Pastor Kyle here. He snuck in, old rascal. <laughs> um, but I want you all to understand that you have never been in a situation like Paul had been in in Athens and in Corinth. What he's writing, this follow-up letter that he's writing to the Corinthians now is a letter, as we know, that remind them who Jesus Christ is. He talks about the supremacy of Jesus. He talks about the sovereignty of God among idols. And evidently, there still was an issue. As the Spirit was showing me this morning, the entire book of the Bible is based upon this premise. God is God and God alone. And he sent his one and only son Jesus to remind the world who God is. And if you look at all the books from Acts to Revelation, it's all of God using his servants to get the world to know the nations. Now, this is not necessarily the nation of Israel, but the nations. Because that's who these letters are addressed to. Even the seven churches in Revelation. This is outside of Israel. This is to the world, the Gentiles. To get the world to come out of idolatry. Come out of worshiping false gods and come and worship the one true God and know that this God, who is God, have sent his son Jesus to rescue you from the wrath of God. And Paul couldn't have been more adamant about this than he did with his letter to the Corinthians. Because we don't see multiple letters written to the other churches, do we? But this one we do. And so he's he is doing a work and it is believed that Paul is actually in prison in Ephesus as he's writing this letter, the second letter. <clears throat> yes, he's in prison. Well, he's not there, that's for sure. And he's not there, and he's reminding them of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done with them. He saved them. He's brought them out of adultery. Okay? And he's given them gifts by the Spirit. And that they are no longer ordinary human beings. <clears throat> when people get saved, you are no longer ordinary humans. Amen. You go in a category now of being superhuman. Ah. <laughs> Hello. <Yes, sir>. <laughs> okay. Because now you got the Spirit of God in you and you can do things that you have never been able to do before in Jesus' name. Why, ladies? Yeah. Why? Why are you able to do things in Jesus' name? Uh oh, somebody remember, because that's power in the name of who? Jesus. Jesus. And so he's he's up against some stuff, 
Uh, Emma, if you can bring 2 Corinthians chapter 10 back over on the, put that back to King James over there in this column. Right here, uh-uh, right there. No, no, go, 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 put it back on King James. What? <laughs> oh, that's not you. Shelly, okay. Next column over. Uh, uh, back. See what it said, NKJ. Now put that King James. Go, you got to use the little arrow on that side and go back up. Okay, slow down. Yeah. Got to come down to the K. It's the only K in there. No, it's not. This is the first one. Okay, now go where it says Ezekiel. And come down and find 2 Corinthians. You're doing good. Alright. Now catch the corner of that little box that you can barely see. Up, 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 up. Right. Go to the right of 2 Corinthians. Come down, come down, go right. See that little white piece right there? Put it on 10. There you go. You did it. And I'm not even in one. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But that's a compliment to you. It's you. <laughs> right, Clinton? I know. <laughs> it's you, right? Uh-oh. Clinton said, what? Okay. What is he saying now? Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in present am base among you, but being absent am bold towards you. What, what is he saying? He said, I want you to do something. In this part of the letter, he's telling them, I want you to do something. And I want you to humble yourself like Christ. Okay? So be prepared to allow the Spirit of God show you some stuff in the words to follow. And then I want you to make an, an attitude adjustment. And then I want your actions to show the attitude adjustment towards some things. And that's the biggest problem in the church today. When preachers get up to teach, people don't want to allow the spirit to help them adjust their attitudes so that they can adjust their behaviors. Okay. Now, there's there. They will acknowledge that the man of God or woman of God who's teaching says that, hey, you're doing a good job. Oh, he's preaching now. But then when the preaching is over with and the goodbyes are said, what then? They don't apply it. They don't apply it. Why? Because it went in on deaf ears. And what I mean by deaf ears, not your physical ears, but what? Your spiritual ears. You didn't do anything with it. You weren't hearing the spirit. Or you had put up a wall and said to the Holy Ghost, I don't care what you say. I ain't doing it. Okay? And you get a lot of folks like that. Or you don't think it applies to you. And that, and that's even, and, and you know, I'm glad you said that, Miss Vicky. When you don't think it applies to you, that makes you a very dangerous person. Because what you just said to God, you put yourself in a very compromising position to be used by the enemy. Okay. Case in fact, the first letter that Paul wrote, same chapter number, chapter ten. Paul says there that there is no temptation that is such common unto man. Okay? All men are going to be tempted, right? But it said God is what? Faithful. Faithful. He's faithful. And you know, as you go through the rest of that particular saying, the verse that above that is what really, really should hit every saint right here, deep down in the heart. He said, let him who think he's something be careful unless he fall under the same temptation. In other words, 
It don't apply to me. And then next week, oh my God, what have I done? What have I done? Wait a minute, the Spirit was speaking to you and you said, oh, that's not me. I don't need to hear that. And then the enemy come and punch you upside the head and show you, you're not as bad as you think you are. Because that's a very dangerous thing, you know, to, to, to pursue that kind of thinking. You put yourself out there for God to take his hedge of protection from around you. When you think like that. And then what Satan does? Oh, I'm going to have some fun now. Yes, ma'am. I've done that before. I'm hearing the word and I'm thinking that would be really applied to this person, mm-hmm. that person, when I should be thinking about how it could apply to me. Amen. And, and, and I've, I've done it. I'm not standing here innocent. I am guilty over and over and over again. And when things happen, you're going, Holy Ghost, you had already told me about this, but no, oh, dumb me. <laughs> Think I know it all. Amen. Instead of looking at things with these spiritual eyes and listening with these spiritual ears, I just uh, I can handle this. <laughs> Especially guys, I'm a man, I can take it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Solomon thought that too, and he failed, didn't he? Hello, did I supposed to say that? <laughs> amen the wisest man in the world was given the simplest wisdom from his father on his deathbed are you aware of this King David on his deathbed told his son Solomon son you're to love God with all your heart and you're to keep all of his commandments That's what David told Solomon. And not only did he tell Solomon, he told the elders of Israel. He said, my son Solomon is young and inexperienced. Look after him. Oh, just because you got some wisdom don't necessarily mean you're going to walk with the Lord. First Kings chapter 10 shows Solomon. Absolutely beautiful. Receive the wisdom from God. Chapter 11. Foreign women turned Solomon's heart against God. If you look at the genealogy of Jesus in Luke chapter 3, you would think Jesus came through the bloodline. He did come through David. And we're thinking, well, maybe the next person is Solomon. No. Nathan is there. The other son. Solomon didn't get it. Look at it carefully. Back to this. God wants you to humble yourself. This is nearly 2,000 years old. And as the advice that Paul is giving the Corinthians here is still applicable to us today. It's applicable for this teenage girl or teenage girls. It's applicable for these older ladies. It's applicable for you husbands, you men. You're not a lady? Okay. I didn't call you a dude. Older lady, not older lady. I was pointing at them. Well, I- oh! 
<laughs> okay, I'm stopping. Kyle, Kyle, take over the lesson. I'm going home. <laughs> I done stepped in some big trouble here. Okay. We were doing okay there for a while. We were. <laughs> I didn't realize I was old. <laughs> Shelly, you set me up. You instigator. Okay. So verse 2, but I beseech you that I, now you're acting like it, now you're acting like your mama. Yep, yeah, we lost it. There's one second, just like your mama. Mm. So but I beseech you, there again, he's urging them, right? And he's he's sincere about this thing. That I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence, wherewith I think to be bold against some, which think of us as if we walk according to the flesh. Uh Uh-oh. Okay, a whole lot of unpacking here. So you don't think I'm what I am, okay? You think I'm just a mere man. This is two. No, no. And he's saying, like, I, I, I talk a lot of hot air. But when I'm present, you know, you're, you're not looking at me as a man with the Spirit of God in me. And with the Spirit of God in me, the appointment of Jesus Christ as the apostle, you don't think I got power. You don't think I have authority here. He's having so much. So you don't think that I'm really anybody to you. Watch what he says as he addressed this. Because they're kind of looking down on him with their noses. Wait, does he, okay? look, he doesn't look intimidating or he looks... Yeah, they're, they're basically saying he's weak. He looks meek? Weak. Yeah, they're saying he's weak. Okay. Watch what the rest of the letter lay out. Um, New King James Version side. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Other words, now he just took them to a level that's out of this world. Did you notice that? Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Other words, we don't fight according to human standards and human strategies or human weapons. Because our fight is not what? Mm-hmm. He's getting ready to point it out. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's not flesh and blood, not human. You're not fighting humans. If we're not fighting humans, where's the battle at? It's in the spirit world. Uh-oh. And I think that's where a lot of Christians fall short at, not knowing where their battles are. Right. Amen. They always want to get in the other brother or sister face. It. I'm gonna get you. You ever talk to me like that again, brother? Standing back, said, "In the name of Jesus, devil, I know where this coming from." Right. This ain't my brother or sister. This is out of character for them because they have the Holy Spirit of the Living God in them. They are not about strife. They're about unity and love in the Holy Ghost. Okay, the bond of peace that Paul talks about. That's the spirit. So Paul just elevated them back into the spirit world, did he not? Getting them to think heavenly minded. All right? And that's why a lot of people lose it, is that they're not heavenly minded. They're too... Oh, you don't talk to me like that! 
Right. You sound like Maxie. Melissa say I'm just like him. I don't know why she said that. So for the weapons of our warfare are not cardinal, but mighty through who? God. Through who? God. Through who? God. Because there's power in whose name? Jesus. When we invoke the name of Jesus, God goes to work on our behalf. He said, oh, that's my daughter calling. And Jesus said, yes, Father, that is Jasmine. Or that is Shelly. Or what name she'll be tomorrow, we don't know. <laughs> or that is the older one, Vicky. <laughs> Payback's something else, isn't it? Okay? But mighty through God to the pulling down of what? Change that word stronghold and write fortress or army base or military base. Because that's the idea here. This the language that has now been birthed in your mind in the spirit world. That means Satan just put an army against your mind and it now has your mind as a hostage. And you can only do what it wants you. Come on and say it. You're thinking it. What? To do. Haven't you seen a lot of people? I can't help it. What? Mm-hmm. I'm just so crazy. I feel like I got to tear up something. Really? Hmm. And that's also in the spirit of I can't. You got it. That's in the spirit world, isn't it? Uh-huh. Right there, God, a stronghold telling you, you can't do nothing. You're too weak. You're just a man. Or you're just a woman that's not true you're not just a woman you're not just a man you belong to Jesus Amen. Amen. That's right. and because you belong to Jesus you got the greatest spirit there is on the inside Amen. and the enemy tricks us into thinking we can't do anything about it yes yes and, and that's why there are times, and I'm, I'm here to tell you, there are times that sometimes I have to cry out to God about certain situations in my own life when I feel that I'm too weak. I'm going, God, I don't understand why I haven't surrendered this to you. Why well, you don't even think about it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And so I struggle with certain issues. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. I struggle with some issues from the war. And it's not that I want to, and but yet I struggle in letting Jesus handle those things. And I have to be reminded all the time when I get away quiet, the Spirit saying, I was just waiting on you to call. And I'm going, I know, Lord, I allowed my flesh to get me to stop it. <coughs> no, you didn't. And the flesh had nothing to do with this. It's me and you. He moved flesh right on out of the way then, didn't he? <laughs> Whoa. I mean, he really dealt with me out the 4th of July. Because I knew what I had to do in order before I went there. I should have already been prayed up and ready and allowed the Spirit to strengthen me. And it wouldn't probably have been an issue. I know it wouldn't have been. 
but because I chose not to allow the spirit to strengthen me. I had those issues. I'm just, I'm, I'm being vulnerable to you. I'm just telling you the truth. That's what happened. And thing become a stronghold. Verse five, casting down imaginations. Folks, do you know what makes an idol an idol? Say it again, D. Your imagination. Your imagination. And the moment it goes here is the moment you got to do what with it, Pastor Kyle. What did he say? Do what with it? Cast them down. The moment, do you know that the imagination is such a powerful thing if it goes unchecked? Here's why. I'm going to give you an example. Why does a woman, can I pick on women for a moment? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, and, and then I'm going to pick on men, too. Okay. Okay. Yeah, matter of fact, I would just want to pick on a woman. Any human that want to dress in a derogatory manner, why do they want to do that? Get attention. Because their imagination said that I need to be fed this attention. Or I need this to feel pretty. And that's what that imagination said. If they look at me this way, I feel what? Attracted. Attracted. I feel pretty or I'm masculine. Okay. <laughs> uh, whatever the case is feeding an ego that all of a sudden become deficient in you. When the spirit of God said, I know that you're somebody because I didn't make any junk. Okay. As, as David said in Psalms 139, he said, I know that I'm wonderfully and what? Marvelously what? Made. And my soul knows what? Right well. I mean, I know that I know I'm somebody. I know I look good because I'm made by God. Look at that. Boy, it's all paid for looking good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And I know I'm somebody, even when I got slicked back. <laughs> Hello. One of the most powerful men of God on the earth was slicked back like me. And his name was Elisha. You don't believe me? If you can go and ask those dead children that called him old bald head Elijah, what happened? Hello. Read it. They won't call him bald head again, will he, Pastor Cobb? <laughs> But anyway, casting down imaginations, because what keeps people in out of worship is that their imagination have told them that they can be somebody or they can get something from these false gods or they can make these false gods happy. So it keeps going. It perpetuates because the mind says, do it. Give the gods what they want. And Paul said, oh, no, that's a dangerous place to be. You got to cast this mess down. Just like when you start feeling inferior towards someone or someone has inferior thinking towards you. You have to say, uh-uh, devil. Oh, no. Like that girl on that video you were showing me. She said, uh-uh, y'all, uh-uh. You're not going to pull me down like this. No, no, no. Only God I'm going to bow down to is the one true God. Okay. And that's the way we have to be. We have to stand 
Stand, stand. That's what Paul told the church in Ephesus. By the way, the next preaching, he's going to Ephesus. Next Sunday, you will be in Ephesus. Amen. Another demonic stronghold. But God is taking that brother right in the middle of it. We're going to Ephesus. You got your bags packed? Your spiritual bags packed? We are going to Ephesus. Okay. So, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And that's what out of worship is. It wants to take worship and praise from the one true God. It wants to take the acknowledgement that God is God away from you and attribute it to something else. A stone, a rock, a gold, silver, whatever the case may be. It wants... Yeah, and there's demons behind it and Paul is trying to tell them that your battle is not with me it's not against the flesh we don't war against the flesh our battle is in the spirit world and I keep taking y'all back to Exodus chapter 12 verse 12 you got to get that deep in you where God told Moses he said listen I'm going to come and I'm going to kill the firstborn of Egypt of every man and every beast I'm going to destroy the firstborn and said not only that I'm going to cast judgment against the gods of Egypt what is he talking about this man world now he said I'm going to hit him with a cow bam because she wanted Israel to know that he's the only true God and he was going to go in the spirit world and spank some butts. And he did. You hear me? Why do you think Jesus wasn't afraid to confront demons? What about the man that had the 6,000 demons in him? And they said, he said, what's your name? He, they said, we are legion for we are many. They think Jesus, oh, oh legion, oh legion. No. Legion said, oh Jesus. Have you come to cast us into the abyss? He met him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> See, they came out against the wrong spirit. Mm -hmm. The spirit of God in Jesus. Yeah. Okay. They knew who he was. Whoa, whoa. We know who you are. They called his name before he was in. Yeah, they did. When they seen him come, go, uh oh, we're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> That's the same God you serve, the same name you use. Because the demons hear that name and they tremble. Jesus. And that's what Paul is saying. Take the battle to the spirit world and say, Jesus, that one, that one, that one, that one. They did it. Okay, call them out on it. Go tell a tale. Amen. Write that down, Pastor. Put it in your sermon. Tell your folks, go tell a tale. Okay? So, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, it has no business there. Nick, you got to put a no trespass sign on your mind for the devil. Okay? And you tell the devil that there's a guard at the gate of your mind. And he's called the Holy Spirit. No demon allowed. Amen. Okay? She ain't getting none of this. This mind belonged to Jesus. Let this mind be also in you. Or this attitude which was also in Christ who? In Christ Jesus. That's powerful. Older lady. 
That's powerful. <laughs> Y'all are equals. <laughs> I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just having some fun. Now, and bring it into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Listen, when you listen to the word of God and God's word is prevailing in you, it is at those moments that the Holy Spirit of God began to transform your life into the likeness of Christ. Okay? That's why Paul writes in Romans 8, verse 29, is so important for Christians to get. We got to walk in the word of God by walking in the spirit of God. And it says this. Whom God foreknew, he predestined. Okay? I mean, God knew you before he ever put you on this earth. Okay? And he laid out your life. There's a destiny for you. And then from there, he tells you and I, he said, he conformed them. Conforming that he took you from what you used to be and reshaped you into that what he wants you to be. That's right. By the Spirit. And so that now that you are a new person who are in the likeness of his son, Jesus. Why? So that Jesus will be the firstborn among many brethren, and you can also include sisters in that. All right? That is the purpose of God by the Holy Spirit transforming your life. So that you wouldn't stay that old drunken person you used to be or the old addicted person you used to be or the old cursing, nasty person you used to be. In fact, even if you didn't do those things, you would still be defiled before God if you don't have the spirit of God in you. It's just the facts of life. And people want to say, Miss Vicky, well, I've never done anything wrong. I'm a good person. I've been good all my life. Why would God send me to hell? Because you're defiled. <laughs> if you don't have the spirit of Christ in you, you are defiled. And no foul thing is going to come in the presence of God who's holy. Uh oh, that's pretty stout there, preacher. Hello. Why do you think God didn't waste his brother's time? Neither did he waste the blood of Jesus for you to stay the way you are. Amen. He didn't do that. The cost, the price was too high. And the Corinthians had to get this message. There is something else about the mind that Jesus know that it's a battlefield. And if the battle is not won in the spirit world, the demons will get you. And it's very important that every one of you get your Bibles off the shelves, get them out of the church and get them back home and start owning them and start writing on the leaf where the spirit gives you revelation knowledge. I know I love to read my, have my phone and nothing wrong. I'm not picking at Deacon Clinton about having his phone. I'm not taking a cheap shot at him by no means. But I'm saying get your Bible and write it up. <laughs> a fancy word we call, we call that parenthetical thoughts. That means that you take and put in parentheses of your mind those thoughts that the Spirit just revealed to you about the Word of God. You go, whoa, I didn't know that. Let me write that down. And I got to have it right in the date. You look at any of my Bible, except the last one, I really didn't, I haven't even wrote that one up yet because now I have a journal. I really write in the journal now. It's just different, but I still write the word of God down in the journal. Okay. 
But whatever means you have to, get the word in so that the filth can come out. Get the word in so the power can go in. Okay? Because do you know that the word of God is also the spirit of God? Just in case you didn't know, turn in your Bible to John chapter 6, verse 63. I want to show you something. That's my girl right there. Chapter 6, verse 63. Paul is up in Capernaum and boy, he's in a... Ooh, Pastor Kyle, there's a... There's a Confrontation going on right now between him and the folks in Capernaum. Because the day before he had just fed 5,000 up in Bethsaida. And now they're following him around because they want to be fed again. And he called them out on it. Okay? They wanted their flesh filled, they want their flesh satisfied. And one of the things that he discussed with them, or not discussed, he tells them. In John chapter 6, verse 63, what does it say, Pastor? Mm hmm. What does it say? The New King James. Okay. It says, uh, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The word that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. Uh oh. So every time you get more of the word on the inside of you, you get more of the spirit and more life. Yes. Amen? Amen. Jesus said the more you get his word on the inside of you, the more spirit and life you have on the inside. Yes. And it will reflect on the outside. Your behavior. Okay? So if you wonder why you're not growing, open up your Bible. <coughs> and start reading it. And digesting it spiritually. And asking the Holy Spirit, said, what did Jesus mean by this? What did Paul mean by this? I ask him all the time. And sometimes he leads me to other people to who he has shown the answer to. And I go, oh, okay, yeah. That's, that, that, that's, that's awesome. Remember I told you all I had read Acts chapter 17 tons of times. And I really didn't know when, 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 when the Greeks had said to Paul, what did this babbler has to say? I did not know that that babbler was a little bird that goes around chirping and eating from here, there, there, all over the place. And what they were saying to Paul that he was getting information from here and there, and he didn't know what he was talking about. Gossip. Well, not necessarily gossip, but misinformed. Didn't know anything. Hmm. And so I go, whoa, okay, I got that one, boy. Yes, sir. Now preach back God, Amen, too. <laughs> But you do. And that's why it's so critical to understand what Paul had said to Timothy. Study to show yourself approved by God. Not man. But by God. Okay? So, here it is. Bring it down into captivity. That means you control those thoughts, what goes on up there. You! Not the shrink, not anybody else. You, not the pastor. Amen. You, not mama, not sister, not brother, not the teacher. You, you deacon, you control what goes on up here. Nobody else can control it. What you think, Emma, nobody else can tell you what to think and you do it. You have to do it yourself. Mm -hmm. You can reject information or you can receive it. That's right. In the name of Jesus. And you can use it. Or not use it. Jesus has given you that authority over your thoughts. 
That's what he's saying here. You can do this. Because the war is in the spirit realm. Where's the spirit realm? In your mind. Whew. The battlefield of the mind is something else. And he's dealing with it now. Because the Corinthians, in all the way to have their behaviors modified, it had to begin here. Same thing he told the Romans. The same thing he told the church in Ephesus in chapter 3. He said, you have not learned this behavior from Christ. But you need to renew your mind. Phineto is the Greek word being used there. And phineto not only means intellectual abilities, it means habits too. Right? It means habits too. It also means values. Are you hearing me? And not only values, it also means presumptions. What? And you know how you say, well, I figure it's supposed to be that way? Those are presumptions. Or even fancy word presuppositions. What? That means you've been predisposed to a certain teaching. You say, yes, even those need to be right. And then the final thing he adds to that in that word finetto is you must have the will to do it. It involves your will. It doesn't do you any good to have all of this and do nothing with it. So finetto is pretty powerful. And that's what's said over in Philippians chapter 2. Let this mind, let, that, that's, that word let is not a, a separate word in the Greek. It's part of that word for netto. It's in the imperative tense. So it's translated in English, let. I mean, it's a command. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Who was what? Who was in the form of God. The metamorphosis, I mean, he was just like God because he is God, what Paul is saying there. And he came down here as a human. He couldn't come as God because his glory would have destroyed us. So he had to come as flesh and blood. So coming in the appearance of a man, he didn't think it, what, robbery to be equal with God. So he didn't make himself of no reputation. He come, oh, come see what I can do. Watch me part this water. Watch me walk on the water. Oh, there I go. And I ain't stepping on any stones either. Watch it. Okay? It's pretty cool the way this stuff is laid out once you begin to understand it from the Holy Ghost, isn't it? And so it's a little, hmm, Jasmine, that's your name. Hmm, you know what, Jasmine? You can do this because you have the mind of Christ. A word? You see, because Jesus came here as a human just like you. And you know all those religious leaders, what they tried to tell him? Say, man, you're out of your mind. You're not the son of God. And you go, yes, I am. And if I deny myself, that make me a liar just like you. Oh. Uh-oh. Oh, you're just like your father, the devil. For there's a lie in him from the beginning because he's the father of all lies. Uh-oh. That brother kept the mind of God because he is God who came in the flesh. As Paul wrote to Timothy, said, God was manifested in the flesh. <clears throat> Woo! Man, it's some good stuff. Are y'all hearing me? 
And so when you get up to here, I don't what what time is it? I have no idea what the time is. It's seven thirty. Okay, two more hours. And so that's why this chapter ten, verse four and five is so powerful to get these verses together and understand what they truly mean. Okay, there's a war going on. Do you know what's causing all the ruckus in our country right now? Because there's a war going on in the minds of the people and they don't know it. And there are divisive spirits up there telling them to act a certain way. That's right. Instead of them, special ones on Sunday morning, hallelujah, praise God. And none of that praise is reaching God because they're in the wrong mindset. They're listening to the wrong spirits of God. So you got to deal with those first. That's what Paul is telling Corinthians. You got to deal with these spirits first that's up here. You got to cast them out. And when you look and understand that word cast, that is violence. Yep. You violently cast those spirits that's speaking to you out of you. Right. Out of your mind because your mind is holy ground. That's right. And they got no business being there. You mean we don't say please leave? No. <laughs> I command you in the name of Jesus. Get out of here. Yeah. For my mind is filled with the blood of Jesus and my body is filled with the spirit of the living God. And this vessel is holy. So I'm not going to put on any holy jeans so you can see this. Okay. <laughs> did I just do that? <laughs> of course I did. <laughs> Shelly, <laughs> <Shall it> look, <laughs> but it's true. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Or I'm not going to do stuff that cause harm to another person because I just cast that demon to hell that told me. Is there, any of this making sense to y'all? Yes. I didn't know we were going to get stagnated on those two verses, but it's so much there. And us pastors, it's very important that we tell people this. If there's strife in the church, you need to stop them and say, look, I don't need to be preaching the sermons about love and anything else right now. I need to be telling you things that's going to set you free right now. Because now you got to go back to training. You are a soldier. As Paul said to Timothy, he said, you're a good soldier. So fight the what? The good fight. Okay. Well, how are you going to fight the good fight if you don't, haven't been trained right? Right. Mm -hmm. This is our This is how we walk in victory. This is how we walk in victory. This is the battle plan. Yeah. And not only the battle plan, this is the ammunition dump where you come and get the ammo. And it's the weapon dump too where you get the weapons. This is everything you need to war against the enemy. Yeah. Right here. That's why when preachers give you watered down word, you get watered down victory. What? If you got a watered down victory, you just got your butt kicked. Right. That's just, that's just a fact of life. Mm -hmm. It can't be said in other way. That's supposed to be Bible stuff. Why am I preaching? <laughs> Y'all need to. We should spend the whole next week. This coming week, just meditating on this, what we've been talking about. Yeah, These because four scriptures, six scriptures. Absolutely, it is so powerful because this can really change the tide of a nation. Because 
There supposedly be about a hundred million Christians in this country. And if all these hundred million Christians can turn and surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and have our minds renewed in him, they ain't going to be in a room to side with the enemy. No. I'm not crossing anybody picket line. I'm not joining anybody picket line. I'm joining Jesus. I've allied and aligned myself with Jesus. I am too, man. And I'm following the victor. That's right. <laughs> I'm following the one that wins. Yes. And I'm telling you, I don't like being shot at. I'm telling you right now. And don't shoot your bums at me. I can get very nasty and mean. I really can. So, Mr. Mrs. Demon, don't go shooting your weapons at me. Because the weapon of my warfare is not my fist. I got something powerful than a nuclear weapon. And it's the word of God. And I'm going to come at you with it. With everything in the arsenal of God, I'm going to give it to you, devil. And I'm going to give it to you in rapid fire, rapid succession. And I'm not messing around. And I'm not coming back. Oh, poor enemy. Shall we take and give you a nice warm sale? No. We're not going to be politically correct. And I'm not going to be politically correct. Take your filthy nasty butt to hell. In Jesus' name. Hello, see what you started? That's what God's people got to do. We got to be this way. I am tired of us being the wounded duck. Right. When Jesus our Lord took enough wounds for us. Right. We don't have to be wounded ducks anymore. Nope. I told y'all what happened to me after I came out of the hospital with my heart. For two years I cried, woe me to the Lord. And my daughter even had them pray for me and sent a word of prophecy back that God had healed me. Everything was all right, but yet the wounded duck. And one day, I kid you not, Shelly, while laying on the bed crying, I kid you not, the Holy Spirit said to me, you're going to put yourself in the grave. Not your heart, your mind. It's going to tell your heart to stop because you got a defeated spirit. You're walking around like a defeated foe. Jesus did not die on the cross for his children to walk in defeat. Whether it's in the physical man or the spirit man. And I said, did you just say that to me, Holy Ghost? Yes, I did. Because what happens when the mind is cleaned up, Pastor? When the mind is clean, everybody... Older sisters. And I didn't say older ladies. I did clean it up. I said older sisters. Okay? They go, we don't see any difference in that statement. I know. <laughs> when the mind is cleaned up, when the defilement is cast out, when the threats are neutralized by the word of God, then your body will come in a line with your spirit and walk in obedience. When the mind is aligned with Jesus and the Holy Ghost, it's aligned with God because of Jesus. And it's aligned with Jesus because of the Holy Spirit. And it's aligned with the Holy Spirit because of the Word of God. And when you align yourself that way, 
then your body will line up with your spirit. And the behavior would have changed. It will not stay the same. That's called transforming. That's called being transformed. That's called being renewed. And then the results is obedience. Every time you bring it down, every time you cast those vain things down, Mr. and Mrs. Kurt, the results when you're walking in the spirit, Miss Vicky, is obedience of Christ. And then when you, at that point, you speak to your mind and you tell it to line up with the word of God and about you speak to your heart and you tell it to be corrected. And everything. The power is flowing. It is flowing. It is flowing. It is. The times when, when y'all hear me, I'm up here preaching and all of a sudden go, that means the spirit just hit me so hard. And I wish you could feel what just went through me. That what happened to you, preacher? And the spirit is moving. And he's got you under control. Because you now have done what Paul said in the first part of this chapter. You humbled yourself. Even James, the Lord's brother, said, humble yourself. Under the mighty hand of who? Of God. And he will exalt you in due time. I see you have things like that just at, at the restaurant, different times when you're preaching. It just, yeah. Just happens. I'm telling you. And, and when, we're, when we align ourselves with the Spirit like that, you must know that not just the Holy Spirit lives in you, the Holy Spirit is outside directing you okay and when we align ourselves with him he helps us take this word and get it into us like we've never done before and the more I get into the word of God the more I want to get back in it the more I want to drink it I have the hunger and thirst for the righteousness of God as Jesus talked about in his first sermon in Matthew chapter 5 known as the Sermon on the Mount I get so hungry for the word of God my wife said where are you going and Melissa said oh dad's in his room that's what they call it dad's in his room the room next to our living room at the house dad in his room well it ain't my room but it's, I'm in there but what am I doing Read in the Bible. And I'm sitting there and going, it's flowing. It's flowing. Y'all ready to go home to now, aren't you? And so, this is what a young Jasmine who so fervently is in love with Jesus, I know this young baby is. When you have this kind of relationship with the Lord, then the book of the Song of Solomon is so precious to you. It's one of the most beautiful love books ever written in the world. And she said, I went and I was looking for my beloved, but I couldn't find him. 
So she took to the streets and she walked around asking, have you seen my beloved? Have you seen them? She's searching, which will fulfill the, the, the prophecy in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13, where God says, all those who seek me with their whole heart shall find me. So she said, I was looking for him. And she said, I even asked the watchman, have you seen my beloved? Beloved is another name for Jesus in the Song of Solomon, just in case y'all didn't know it. She said, oh, and there I found him among the watchmen of the city. And what was he doing? He was looking at her the whole time, saying, that's my baby. It was a love relationship. Deep love relationship. But when you don't feel near to God, then go looking for him. Go looking for him. And watch. He said, then you will call upon me and I will answer you. Isn't that what he said in Jeremiah? He said, after you look for me with your whole heart and find me, he said, then you can call upon me and I will answer you. He does. Here I am. Here I am. What was that said at? Didn't we read that early in Isaiah 65 verse 1 today? Of course. He said, here I am. Here I am. That's what Paul is telling these folks. Get this cleaned out. Cast the junk down. Get them out of there. Get them out. And the moment you do, that obedience to Christ will come flooding in. Right in here. Right in here. Right in here. And when it does, people going to go, Ooh, what happened to her? She ain't like she used to be. And I'm going to tell you this and we're going to close. We'll finish this chapter next week. I thought it was going to be an easy chapter to flow through. But that's not what the Holy Spirit had in store for y'all today. You had to hear it this way. I told y'all about the woman that said she had got a new husband in Alabama when I was at that Christian bookstore. Y'all remember me telling you that story, that testimony? You remember it, Shelly? That's because Jesus, by the Holy Spirit, went into the battlefield of that brother's mind. Hello. And when he went in there, he cleaned the junk out. The junk that kept his wife being inferior to him. The junk that kept his wife being a doormat to him and not being an equal in the marriage. Okay? The junk that suppressed the truth of God about what marriage was all about in him. And Jesus, by the Holy Ghost, through the word, flushed all of that stuff out and filled him with the knowledge of the truth of God's word and turned him and the Holy Ghost came upon that man and turned him into another man. And when that happened, that woman testified, said, God gave me a new husband. <laughs> and that's what happens. When we come under the direct authority of the Holy Spirit and we are walking in obedience to the word of God, 
Jesus will really change us. But change begins here and not here. That's right. Right, right up here. Well, I still can't help but to tell you what my drill sergeant used to tell us back in the 70s when I was in training at Fort Seal. He said, y'all can go down to Lawton, Oklahoma and get drunk if you want to. Come back here and tear up my barracks. He said, if I catch you tearing up my barracks, I'm going to hit you upside your listening pole. <laughs> What's the listening pole? Right here. <laughs> You're mine. So, to God be the glory. She's been good. <laughs> and so, um, what, so what time tomorrow will you be here? Noon. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And Jasmine, bring your bring your community sheets so we can get them started. Anyway, Corinthians had this letter is a letter of. Of anguish, this chapter. It's a letter of frustration. Because they call this brother Bluff. So, oh, so you don't think I'm the way that I am as I'm writing. Talking about his, his letters are heavy and weighted. Okay, he write big stuff in his letter, right? But he's just like wimpy in person. He's He talk a big talk. But no action. I, I thought because of who he was before killing all the Christians that he really walked with a strong presence. Is it that after God got a hold of his heart? He, he humbled him. He, okay, so it was a different... But he knew how to be humble as Christ. He also knew how to be as certain and as powerful as Christ in him. To allow him to be. Because you're talking about a brother that face opposition right. and he will uh, Luke will later tell us that he's gonna he's gonna confront the, the high priest and call him a, a whitewashed wall and when he was slapped and they said dare you talk to the high priest this way and he go I didn't know that he was the high priest but they let you know that even he didn't know that the man was high priest he wasn't backing down from the man where were you okay he was not backing down. Even though they had him in chain. He was not backing down. And so Paul by nature was not he wasn't a coward. Right. He was a courageous man. But they had to be sudden to go search out people in their hometown and arrest them and drag them all the way back to Jerusalem to stand trial. You had to be the police of the police. Okay? And then the Romans allowed this too. The Romans allowed it. Until brothers and sisters, the letter is nearly 2,000 years old. It is believed that Paul had visited Corinth around AD 50. To kind of put it in perspective, Lord Jesus has been off the scene, that is physically, for quite a few years now. So Lord Jesus is believed to have been put to death around 8035, somewhere in there. 
and also it's the same time the Holy Spirit came to earth too with the church and birthed the church and Paul may at this time have been probably in ministry I know probably close to 10 years maybe somewhere near there because he and Peter would die pretty close together around 80, 64-65 time frame so he was probably on the mission field preaching the gospel almost 30 years that preacher Paul did almost 30 years preaching the gospel before they killed him And so, the language in this letter, from some people points, is going to become more derogatory. But from a spiritual point, a very necessary language. Because some people, when, when it comes to heavenly things, everybody, you, you can't play with the devil. Okay? And you can't allow people to take you for a joke. I'm not talking about man laws and man policy, man rules. You want to laugh at some of those, but you better not laugh at the things of God. I mean, you better not look at them as hap happenstance. Okay? You better take the word of God seriously. When the men of God are speaking, when these prophets spoke, they were speaking by the Holy Ghost. When these apostles spoke, they were speaking by the Holy Ghost and by the authority of Jesus Christ. And these words were not to be taken lightly. And those words, even though they were targeted as, at a specific congregation, a specific church of that time, they were also written for us. You know how we know? And I say this in closing. Um, when Jesus prayed in John chapter 17, his prayer was not only for God to protect his children in the here and now of that day that Jesus would release to go and do ministry. Those disciples, he said, but for those who would become his disciples through them. That means on down the generations to it gets to us today in the current generation of, of disciples that this word as it was applicable for them then it's applicable for us now and it will be for those of tomorrow and the next generation until the Lord Jesus Christ returns and so not to take this word seriously would be to make a mockery of Christ himself and the writer of Hebrew says you don't ever want to come under that kind of condemnation mocking the son of God and crucifying him afresh by not taking serious. He said, if angel, if this word was steadfast by, you know, that was spoken of by angels, that means if God gave power to the words of the angels, you remember what happened with Gabriel and John, father Zechariah in the temple? Remember when Zechariah did not believe Gabriel? What happened? Gabriel said, until the child is born, you will not be able to what? Now, if an angel, if that were, that's what 
The writer of Hebrews is saying that the word of angels was stood fast. How much more you think what God's going to do to you for trampling on the foot, the son of God? Zachariah felt that, I mean, right there, zoop. Now, if that came from an angel, not listening and believing that angel who's a messenger of God, how much is going to be for not believing the son of God? That's what the writer of Hebrew says. And so it's some pretty serious stuff here, folks. Pascal, close the prayer, please. And then I just like to reminisce after that, because I can reminisce forever. Thank you, brother. We thank you now, Father, for what our eyes have seen and what our ears have heard, God. Father God, we thank you, Father, for your spirit, God. Your Holy Spirit in this place, God. Speaking to Pastor Sammy and through him, God, to deliver your word to your people, God. Now, Father, I pray, Heavenly Father, that it strengthen our mind, God, to let our mind be stayed on you, God. Because, God, this is a spiritual battle, Father God, and not a fleshly battle. So, Father, we're going to go to you in spirit and in truth, God. Yes, Lord. With our minds made up and our minds stayed on you, God. Father, we thank you now, Father. Thank you, Lord. For your holy word, God. We thank you, God, for loving us and equipping us, God, with everything that we need to fight this devil, God. And that is by renewing of our mind, God, and letting our mind stay on you. Yes. We thank you now, Father, for every trial and tribulation that we went through, God, but our mind stayed on you, God. We thank you now, God, for keeping us, God. Yes, Father. And Father God, keep us as only you can. And bless us as only you can. And yes, protect Father. us as only you can. Yes, Father. And Father, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. For your loving son, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Who went to the cross for all of us, God. Yes. And with Jesus, we thank you for your precious blood. Thank you, Lord. That still has power on this day. Yes, Lord. We thank you for the blood of your son, Jesus, God. Thank you, Father. And Father, we thank you for our comfort of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Thank you now, God. In Jesus' name. Keep us, God. Yes, Lord. Is our prayer. And it's your loving son, Jesus' name that we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. As we close out this Bible study, we want our friends around the world to know. Because we're being recorded live, Pastor Kyle. Amen. <laughs> that there's no other way to salvation than Jesus, the Son of the Living God. Muslims, Buddhists, Whatever religion you may be, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is the only way of salvation. And he told us when he was here, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And it's true. And those words will never lose its power because they are true words of God. And so we encourage you Turn to Jesus. 
We know you're searching for truth. We know you're searching for a God. But the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob is the only true God. And he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for the sin of man. We are the sinners. And Jesus rescued us from the wrath of God by shedding his own blood. And God raised him from the dead. Now he has highly exalted him by giving him a name above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess of those in heaven, those on earth, and those in the earth that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen.